Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I got my line mate Matt with me. And today, uh, we've got a loaded podcast uh, f- for you guys today. Um, you know, obviously, as everybody knows now, Patrick Kane was dealt to the Rangers. I was really upset about it. I almost put out a emergency podcast on it. I'm glad that I didn't because uh, <laughs> I had a lot of hate in my heart. <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of swear words. That it would have been really bad, man. It would have been really bad. And you know, and you know what it is. You know, I, I got I got a chance to to sit back and really think about it. Is that you know. This isn't an example. This isn't like the Blackhawks trading Jeremy Roenick when he's in his prime to Arizona, you know, which I was really upset back then. And, and uh, I probably would have said, I was probably saying even worse things. But, you know, Kaner was, he should have been a lifelong Hawk. Now, his the curtain hasn't closed in his career yet, but we're, we're talking about a kid that was drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks and helped bring three Stanley Cups and is, you know, considered one of the best Blackhawks of all time. Um, you know, I, something I wanted to talk to you about is who you think the best Blackhawk of all time is. Go ahead and think about that while I kind of go on my little rant here. But I think Davidson um, did the right thing tr- trading him, tr- looking to get things, looking to get a haul back. But we didn't get what Patrick Kane was worth. So was it really worth sending him to New York so that, you know, that they can just go out in the first round, which is what I think is going to happen or keeping him until the off season and then deciding like, Hey, do you want to come back or do you want to leave? Because at that point, the organization could have said, Hey, look, we're looking to bring him back, but he's looking to go try and win a cup somewhere else. If he would have done that, I think that the fan base would have been, you know, more supportive of the move, knowing that that was a possibility. But the fact trading him for, you know, a conditional second round pick and somebody else, I don't even know who the hell it is, you know, it, it just doesn't sit right in my mouth. You know, it doesn't sit right saying Patrick Kane is playing for the New York Rangers. You know, it's 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 hard to look at. Um, this guy was one of the, like I said, one of the best Blackhawks of all time. And it kind of makes Davidson, who's a new guy, taking over for a franchise that is 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 really really hurting right now considering some things that they had going on prior with the you know with the with the um the, the sexual assault stuff and and the guys who are running the show back then and they've got a new group running it now which is great and they look to be doing the right thing you know trading Alex DeBrinkett looked really bad at one point but we got Kevin Korchinski and it looks to, to honestly to me Korchinski is somebody that uh, they can help come in and uh, build a team around, you know, even though Seth Jones is, is still here and, and we still got a uh, Reichel who's going to be, I think a full-time player next year, but uh, you know, Kaner isn't, you know, it doesn't have one leg out of the league yet. He's still a really, really good player. And you get somebody like Debrinket playing with him and he's going to score. So um, Matt, how do you feel about the Patrick Kane trade? Yeah, I mean, I knew it was coming. We most of us knew it was coming. Yeah, and it, it just sucked how it ended. I would have, I would have liked to see him play another home game. You'd give him like a a lap around the ice, you know, and just just kind of taking it in. The crowd probably would be screaming as loud as you know, like a a playoff game win, you know. But yeah, it happened, and you know, I 
you get your bitter at first about it, like, and then you watch him his first game in in that red, white, and blue crap. Nothing against America, just the Rangers jerseys. But <laughs> it, yeah, man, it, it it was painful to see. And um, it is, I, isn't it? Doesn't it? it like it, when you look at it, I'm just like, this isn't right. Yeah, it didn't look right. He had all that Rangers swag on in his press conference. Brutal, and, man. You know they're. And, and what's funny is, like, 50% of the Rangers fans, they were, like, they didn't want him. Right. They were all like, oh, we don't need Kane. We don't need Kane. He sucks. He's old, and he's a bad human being type of stuff like that. And right. The minute he gets there, you, you look at these same people that are whining about it. They're all applauding it. They're like, yeah, we got the greatest American-born player ever and stuff like that. And I'm like, come on, man. And then... He's on the ice. They're cheering him loud. It's good to see that he, you know, he's probably going to have some fun there. He, it's got a rough start though. The first two games, he's looked pretty bad. Uh, he's making good passes and stuff, but too many passes with Breadman. It's almost like they're forcing him, you know, like to get a goal, get on that score sheet, and they're. I think they said Panarin yesterday had six turnovers, and uh, trying to get the puck over to Kane. And they're owing two with Kane. So a lot of the Rangers fans are like, oh, maybe this wasn't as smart as we thought. I, I heard uh, Ray Ferraro, you know, the ESPN analyst yeah. in, in between the benches. He brought back a trade way back in the day. Uh, do you remember when Tamu Solani was with the Avalanche? Yeah. They brought Paul Correa back because of that, that history they had with the Ducks all those years. Those guys were like a dynamic duo. Right. And they brought him back to Colorado. And it just did not work. They they tried, they tried and tried. They had an early playoff exit, and Korea ended up, you know, not even resigning with them. So he he kind of puts that in your head, like, oh, hold maybe on, they... hold on, really quickly. Didn't they both go back to the Ducks after that? I believe they did. Yeah, yeah. And then they and it that, just and, yeah, and then it worked, it, it worked out again. there. <laughs> yeah, it just it just didn't work in that yeah. situation. And uh, we had a tweeter actually. I forget who it was, but he goes, maybe uh, they should call uh, Artie Anisimov and get him back playing center just to get it jump-started. Yeah. I was laughing my ass off about it. I'm like, yeah, guy's got a point because yeah. he was a big part of that he line, was. too. He was so, a possession guy. Yeah, he, he did his job, face-offs, yeah. and you get the puck to one of them and let them do their thing. But, he uh, can get his reunion in that New York. Yeah, exactly. He started off, he had that famous, uh, did like the Teemu Solani shooting thing, and I remember they were, uh, the other team was going after him for it, but anyway, I, I think, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. It's going to take a while. The thing is, Kane has never been known for his defense, and, you know, he's, he had some plays yesterday in the game where, when you watch him in the defensive zone, he is just like he looks lost. Like he looks like he's trying to stay busy. Like oh look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna keep my feet moving. But he he just looks completely lost out there. Like he doesn't know what to do in his own end. And it showed yesterday because they ended up getting a goal off of it. You know so, what though? In his we'll in his defense, it's a new you know new team, you know is, new yeah. system that he that I mean what it's been. <laughs> not even a week yet, you know, yeah. he, that he probably doesn't understand yet. And to his credit, man, I think that his D has gotten better since when he first got into the league. You know, he, yeah, he wouldn't I even guess. back check, you know, at, 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 the, at yeah. the beginning of his career. And yeah, he didn't even know what it felt like to be in his own zone. He would usually be at center ice or the other blue line getting yeah. ready for that pass. But right. Right. And it, but he, you know, he does back check. different. 
Yeah, he does, but he he missed some assignments yesterday that costed the team goals. And uh, I'm not sure when their next game is, but I, I'm still going to watch it. I'm, I kind of would like to see Kane's first goal with, with the Rangers. I want to see. Uh, I, I, I mean, I still enjoy watching him. He's, you know, he has unbelievable moves still. I He went through two guys like nothing the, uh, his first game. And Ray Ferraro was like, geez, they didn't even put a body on him. He just maneuvered and moved the puck back a little bit and got through him, made a beautiful pass to a guy, and he missed. But he's still very entertaining to watch. But I, I hope he can figure it out soon because he's really competitive, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's really hard on himself, too. He looks pretty pissed off on the bench. Well, the thing is is that he's used to being the guy. And in in New York right now, he's not the guy. You know, he's got a lot of guys there. They have a lot of guys (laughs) there. And to be honest with you, if I were to take any any of those guys in in the playoff series, I would still take Patrick Kane. The thing is, is that he has to be the dude and he is capable of being that person. You know, the thing about Patrick Kane, what makes him one of my favorite Blackhawks is that as as the games got harder and the pressure and pressure came on and the games got bigger, he showed up every time, man. You know, he, it wasn't that he's got a contract coming up. You know, he's in a point drought. Oh, he just got his $10 million contract. Oh, he, he's in a point drought. That never happened, dude. He always produced, always. And um, you can't say that about any other player on that New York roster right now. Um, I think that, Vladimir Tarasenko is, um, I think that he's playing great for them. Um, he's kind of like a man in his own world, I kind of see, because he's got like his own type of game. And and Kaner needs, uh, needs maybe they should pair him up with him. Tarasenko. Yes. He needs a shooter. Yeah. That's what I, I would, since I would, Panarin doesn't want to shoot. Yeah, I, w- I would put know? him on a line with Tarasenko and let them them play with each other. Because yeah. one, of, one of Kane's, Kane has an excellent shot. But in order for him to be able to do that, he needs another guy that is threatening to shoot. And that's what he had with Debrinkit. And that's what he had at one point with with the bread man is because if you don't know if Patrick Kane is going to shoot, he's going to go top shelf on you and he's going to bury it every time. And he doesn't have that right now. That's what's going on with him and, and the bread man right now. Yeah, I think they should split it if it doesn't work next game. Or Panarin's got to say, hey, because Panarin has a very, very good shot. He's got he's a good almost, one-timer. He's got an, an Ovi-like shot. That one-timer in that spot by yeah. the circle is almost the same spot. He could let it go. Yeah. And I, the first game, Kane gave him a nice feed, and it was a one-timer. The goalie made a nice stop. But that's like the only good one I've seen from them. And then it was just them like, no, no, you shoot. No, you, no I'm going to make a better pass. Oh, look at my sauce pass to you. It was way better. <laughs> can't, you can't pass and score. You you need a guy to shoot the puck. So, I mean, it's it's really not a concern of ours because we're we're not Rangers guys. But, I, I mean, I can care less what happens to them. I almost would like them to, to get to the finals so our pick gets uh, higher in the, um, I think it's the, what is it, 2025 draft. It turned into a first-round pick. Right. But. Yeah, they got to figure it out because, um, I mean, I I also watched Boston yesterday. Those guys are absolutely on a crazy run right now. I think they're um, 10 and out, 10 and on a 10 game winning streak. They're 49, 8 and 5. They're the first team to make it to 100 points at this point in the season. And you know what, man? They, right now, they're the team to beat. And I, I know they're 
they're they've been tested in the playoffs before. They've made it. They I think I think they're the last couple of years they're like one and two in the finals. So I, I know they beat Vancouver. It was at 2011. But if you think about it, though, a lot of those well, the core players are still on that team. I I mean Bergeron and you got Marchant. But That's it. They're they're the team to beat, man. Yeah. And and going to Toronto, there's another team like wow, like they they did very well. So Rangers got to figure it out. I'll be honest with you, man. The only re- <clears throat> excuse me, the only reason I'm saying that the Rangers are out in the first round is because the East is so stacked. Toronto didn't just make moves; they got incredibly better. They addressed some issues that they had with their team with the trades that they made. Um, you look at Boston; they didn't really need to do much. You know, they added Tyler Bertuzzi, which I think is huge for a, yeah. for a team like that because he could play gritty and he's got a scoring touch. Which, yeah, he got a nice assist yesterday. Yeah, uh, right to right to uh, Coil, and he buried it. They, I think, they won three to one or something right. against. You know what? It was more than that because it was a Ranger game. That's the game I watched. Right. Yeah, they played the Rangers yesterday, and the Rangers looked terrible. Right. And I, uh, Bergeron had a nice goal. I think he's at twenty goals, twenty something goals this year. That's like his twelfth time, tenth time getting it. He's still a great player. Pasta's at forty. He's second in the NHL in goals. He's at forty something. And and then you got Tyler Bertuzzi, grinder, and that's that's a playoff guy. That's what you want, yeah. like an Andrew Shaw, like dude. They got your two goalies that are unbelievable right now. I mean, the team lost eight times. Yeah. So they're the team to beat right now, man. Yeah, but you know what? That also spells it does jinx. It sells yeah. recipe for disaster though, too, where you, you have these teams early. that yeah. that you know roll through. How many times have the Capitals rolled through the regular season just for a? Just for a, uh, you know, go out in four or five games in the first round, you know? I, that's what I was telling my cousin, who's a Boston guy. He um, He's texting me. He goes, so who's what team's Boston going to uh, destroy in the final? And I'm like, you know what, man? You're going to watch an eighth-seeded team come up <laughs> because they've been in a playoff battle for months before the playoffs. Yeah. Grind it out, and they could, they could upset them, you know? Yeah. So be careful. The President's Trophy is one of the biggest jinxes in hockey. Yeah. I think the Hawks were the last team to win a Stanley Cup uh, after yep, winning 13. the President's Trophy. Yep, yep. And and uh, unlucky and lucky number 13. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Max Domi was also traded to the Stars for a second-round pick. I think there was, uh, you know, they're giving him an opportunity to go to a team that could possibly win something. He's yeah. an unrestricted free agent at the end of the uh at the end of the season, there's rumors that he's going to re-sign with the Hawks. I hope so. I like him. Um, Kyle Davidson himself said that he signed Ty Domi and I'm um, Ty Domi, Max Domi, <laughs> and um, Andres Anthonisiu um, because he thought that they are good players and they're players that could you know stick around for the Blackhawks and provide some leadership, which I found uh, an interesting comment. And then the next day he trades uh, Max Domi. So um, I, I'm looking for Domi to come back at the end of the season um, at, at maybe a three or four million dollar deal uh, at three years. That's my prediction. Yeah, he might get more just because we have the the cap space and. You know, yeah. sometimes the you're like grateful that he wants to, you know, be a part of the team, and that sells too. He's a good leader. We also we got uh, Anton Kudobin in that trade, uh, the former 2020 Stanley Cup final goalie for the Stars that year. Right, and uh, man, he's he had a good felt, year. 
he's fallen from 2020 though i mean yeah. he's been just just hasn't worked out for him over there but um we also gave dylan wells away with max domi uh, he was another goalie so yeah I, I think max domi will come back and i hope he comes back yeah um jack johnson was dealt back to the abs i think we talked about that before you know he's i I think it's a good opportunity for him he knows the system there and uh, it kind of frees up our blue line so that we could get you know one of our our um our rockford guys to come up to the to the to the big club for a little bit get some experience before the rockford icehawks get into the playoffs um this one was also kind of tough for me the sam lafferty and jake mccabe dealt to the leafs i'll tell you what man adding those two guys to the leafs is huge for them because lafferty uh on a team that has an opportunity to win a stanley cup uh to really get out there and put it out there that's kind of a scary thought um i I wish that um we could have kept him you know i'm not sure what his deal is like if it was just a one-year deal or or what have you but one point Five or oh, man, 1. What a steal. one yeah, and I think he's got two years left. Just the just the fact that we got him for for Nylander is why I wanted to keep him around because it was such a steal of a trade. And uh, Jake McCabe, you know, he gets an opportunity. You know, he's played on some bad hockey teams his entire career. Uh, an opportunity for him to go to the Leafs and have an, an opportunity to play for a uh, in the playoffs and and possibly win a cup. I hope I'm going to be rooting for the Leafs, even though I'm not a Leafs fan, because, um, you know, you really feel for those guys who, you know, they're pretty good. They get drafted by a team like Buffalo or Arizona, and they just kind of toil and toil down there on these bad teams. Don't even get an opportunity to even compete to to play in the playoffs, uh, finally get an opportunity to play in, in the, uh, in the limelight. So um, that's good for that, him. That was a good trade. I think that was probably Davidson's best trade. Yeah. At this deadline. He, uh, he got us two players, Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolov, which I don't know much about, but we did get a 2025 first round pick and a 2026 second round pick. And um, we actually did retain uh, two million of McCabe's uh, was fifty percent his four million dollar deal. So they got Jake McCabe at two million, who's a good stay at home defenseman, which they needed. Yeah. And Sam Lafferty, we know he's a grinder, hundred ten percent every shift effort, and that's what you need. You need a guy like that. You need those lunchbox dudes go to work, put your hard hat on type of guy. He's gonna be and out there. Um, he's a, he's a, a playoff player, man. Yeah, I think he's, there's going to be a fan favorite over there for a while, for the couple years they do have him. But I am also thinking that this is probably the year that the Leafs are going to get out of the first round. Yeah. I mean, they they added Ryan O'Reilly, which probably was the most underrated trade at the deadline period. Yeah. You know, that that's a guy, a two-way guy. We talked about him already. He's already, he's got a hat trick in one of the games already. He's playing great. You know, they added, obviously, McCabe and Lafferty. They brought in Luke Shen, who was a pretty good defenseman uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning when they were winning. He actually was drafted by the the Maple Leafs years and years ago, but they got him back for some good playoff experience. And they also added our our good buddy Gustafson from uh, the, the puck-moving 
offensive <laughs> minded defenseman but who cannot play defense. I wasn't sure about that one. Maybe maybe he's just there for the power play time. I would sit him and I would make him sit unless it's power play time because yeah. you don't want goals against but yeah, they they made a lot of noise and I give a lot of credit to uh Kyle Dubas. I mean, he Yeah. He's given up a lot to get this team over, and it, they got to play now. Now it's on them. It's this GM. He's done everything for them. So you can't. The media and all the fans cannot be going after this guy. He's he's tried hard, and I give him a lot of credit. It's kind of one of those situations where uh, you know where if it doesn't work out, the GM can't say that he didn't do enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's when you got to start moving players. I think. Yeah. Because I mean. You can't fire coaches. It's not the coaches. Right. It's, it's the players. So right. I still think the weakest part is the goaltending. Hopefully they can tighten up. I mean, they did add some good defensive guys. Jake McCabe. They had Sam Lafferty's could play def- He's a good back checker. And you got Ryan O'Reilly, who's more responsible in his own zone than pretty much every Maple Leaf forward out there right now. So I, I think this could be the year. It's just they're probably going to run into Tampa Bay. So it's it's going to be interesting. There, like the, like you said, the East is absolutely stacked. So you got those top four teams. I think obviously you got the Bruins. I guess you can consider the Rangers. I mean, it could be. It's actually like six. The Hurricanes, uh, the I mean, Leafs, Hurricanes, Bruins, Rangers. There's so many good teams, man. So. One of these teams, they're going to get bounced in the first round, and it's going to be like a shocker. Like, whoa, it's going to be like when Steven Seagal died in like executive decision. <laughs> like, I can't believe the star of the movie's dead, you know? Yeah. So, it's going to be crazy. Oh, and that's when John Leguizamo took over as the uh, as yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the badass of the, Thank of the God. movie. Yeah, we needed him. <laughs> so before we go any further, I got to bring your attention to our sponsors, DraftKings and Manscaped. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for hockey, baseball, basketball, golf, MMA, and more. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Now, if there's one one game I want to watch, it's the Blackhawks versus the Senators Monday night. Alex DeBrinkett comes back to the United Center, and I expect him to get a standing ovation. How many goals do you think he's going to score, Matt? I'm going to put him down for two. I got him down for a Hattie for sure. A Hattie, okay. He's gonna just—it's gonna be like a fu middle finger to the management. <laughs> Sign me. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, Manscape also wants to let you know that they sell beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code Tomahawk20 for 20% off and free shipping. Now, be sure to remember it's 20% off free shipping with the code Tomahawk20 at manscaped.com. Matt, Lucas Reichel has been recalled 
to the Blackhawks, which is great. I'm glad that he's going to come up. Maybe that's like a message to him saying, hey, Kaner's not here. You are going to be our guy. Do you think that's the message? Uh... I th- I think it's kind of a distraction. I think it's let's bring this kid up to keep people interested. Maybe sure. Uh, I don't I don't like what's been going on with his development. I mean, when he was called up the last time, he was on a f- three game point streak, best player on the ice, and they sent him down because they said they want him to play in different situations and scenarios. Right. Okay. So what changed since, I mean, like, what, why is he back up then? Because it's been the same. Uh, I don't know if Rockford's even competing, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's too much, too many head games with him and the fans. I think he, sometimes the Hawks, they've been like this since I was a kid. They, they think that we're stupid. And like, oh yeah, we're gonna call him up. Hey, we we want him to play down. Well, why why would you send him down in the first place when the guy's on an incredible hot streak? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. He should have been on the team probably from the beginning. But I understand they they don't want to rush him. They're very patient with him. They don't want a Kirby Doc like thing again. I understand, but to call him up, send him down, call him up, send him down. That that does nothing. Yeah. You, you got to learn the grind of being in the NHL. You got you got to play against better competition if you're lighting it up down there okay great that's good you're supposed to do that so give the guy a new challenge and let him let him finish the year here at least yeah don't keep sending him up and down that's not going to do you any good that's what they did with that poor kid jeremy morin remember him back in the day very skilled kid good player but i feel like they messed with that kid so much even jack skilly yeah they called him up and down up and down up and it does nothing You, you gotta give the guy a chance I mean, if you you got Caleb Jones on the ice all the time, you can give this guy a chance. Right. I mean, it, it's not we're not going anywhere. Let him like last night. He made a great play in the defensive zone, maneuvered around a defenseman, got the puck to Anthony Siu, rushed down the the one side. Anthony Siu hit a pinching uh, Seth Jones, and he buried it for the first goal. That was all because of Reichel. He made a he got the assist uh, the secondary assist. He made a good play. That's what we need to. That's what we're going to learn from him. We we're not going to learn anything from him in Rockford anymore. So I think he should finish the year here. And if they send him down, I don't understand what they're doing with him. I don't know what it is. If Caleb Jones is playing, I think Isaac Phillips should be on the ice. If um, because I think that Isaac Phillips is a better defenseman than Caleb Jones. I don't yeah, know. Why, I, I, I don't know why. Hundred percent agree him. with that. I even Ian Mitchell should get a better chance than Jones. Yeah. I understand you signed him, but you could he could still play. Yeah. There's a lot of defensemen that I don't. I like personally. I don't know the hype with Connor Murphy either. I know I've <laughs> on a radio station. I heard like the DJ saying, "Well, who are the Hawks? Who are the young kids going to cheer for?" I mean, we got good Seth Jones. They got Connor Murphy, and I'm like, what? Like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, he's he's a solid player, but I mean, what is up with like the city like making this guy to be something like bigger than that? He's not. He's not. He's just a I think a bottom four defenseman. Okay, if that. And I know he's the longest tenured Blackhawk now, which is kind of crazy to think, but he he is. Well, and, Taves is still on the team. He's not playing. Well, but. well that's the current one playing. Sure, but it's still like. I just, he's been on the team that long, and what, can I name one thing he's done that's good? 
right. on the ice. I'm sure off the ice he's loved, and he's we we've talked about him being good in the locker room. But he, he, if you're good in the locker room, I mean, Marty Lapointe was good in the locker room too. But he went he was on the back nine of his career when he was here, and at, at some point you got to take the next take the next step and become a better player. Like be be known for something. Like what what does he do? Is he a shutdown guy? Or is he going to put some points up? He he's just. He's just there to me, you know. He's just filling in a roster spot right now. Yeah. So I, he's got to, I guess, get an identity. Like, what what are you gonna be, dude? I mean, he's been here for quite a long. We should know what that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Jarmelson. This guy's gonna block shots. That's he his was, job. I mean, he was good defensively too. He wasn't just a you yeah, know like well, a body in front of shots. But he had his identity. Well, like, sure. Look at his look at his wall. stats. He was a freaking shot blocker. Look at Duncan Keith. He was a two-way guy. He could produce a lot of points and couldn't play as much, couldn't play defense in the end as good. But we know Brent Seabrook, he was a clutch guy who would score goals and, you know, he could shut you down and play a lot of minutes. And even uh, Brian Campbell, this guy's going to skate the puck through seven guys and set Kaner up, you know, stuff like that. But what, what can we say for Connor Murphy? I can't say anything. I don't know. I don't know what he is yet. And it's been what five seasons? <laughs> yeah, five seasons, and we gave away a really, really good defenseman that should have his number retired by this team. Yeah, it's insane, and definitely not having another player wearing it. Oh yes, that drives me crazy. I'm and still seeing about that. Oh, there's a lot of guys, man. I I see, you know, Seth is wearing number four. You got Reichel wearing twenty seven. Yeah. You got uh, so the the kid from Orland Park, I think, is wearing twenty four. It's like, I, oh, come on, man. God. Proby was a legend. Yeah, you he know? was a hot legend. Stuff like that. It's just like, oh man. But you know, he can't retire them all. I guess, right? What if Korchinski came up and they gave him number seven? How would you feel about that? Um, uh, if it were, yeah, you got to retire Siebs. I mean, I wouldn't. There's got to be a. There's got to be that respect in the locker room. Like, even if he's not retired yet, see, that's what, like, a guy like Taves would be like, no, <laughs> you yeah. can't have that number, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I like you, kid, but no. Just stuff like that. Yeah. You, you, you can't have that. And I, I would be very upset if they did that. Two and seven and four, I think, should be up in the rafters, man. I, yeah. I think that what Nick Jarmelson brought to the team during that era and what he what he did for the team deserves to have his number retired. So, do you remember when they retired? Uh, it's, you probably don't because you're not a Boston guy. But Phil Esposito wanted his number seven retired, uh-huh. and Ray Bork his number was seven. Uh-huh. And they ended up, or yeah, they ended up. Ray Bork doubled his number. He, I think, he made it seventy-seven. Right. In honor of him, and he, Phil Esposito was like, that is the most classiest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, if it comes to that, I hope Seth Jones doesn't, you know, give give a problem to Jarmelson. You know, like, yeah. hey, <laughs> hell yeah, I'll change my number for you, dude. You're a legend here. I, I just can't believe they allowed it to begin with. What if I he's mean, like, fuck you, I'm Seth run, Jones. <laughs> uh, man, that, that would be terrible. It would. I mean, it is still kind of weird that they retired Keith Magnuson's number. Uh-huh. He was a good defenseman, but he wasn't Pierre Pilat. If you go back and look at Pierre Pilat's numbers, yeah. that dude should have had his number retired when freaking um, While so, he was uh, Tony Tony Esposito <laughs> and Makita were were getting their numbers retired. It's insane. Yeah, didn't he have like a thousand games played straight or something like that? 
I'm not sure, but I know he was like at the, the goalie Duncan position. Keith. He was Duncan <laughs> Keith of that of that era, Pierre Pilat. Right. He was that good, and uh, he just didn't get the you know like the hype like you know Bobby Hall and all those other guys were getting because he was a star. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, man, I, I would here's something to think about. I'd be very upset. If they retire Chelios's number seven and he had to share it with Seabrook, that would yeah, make me more upset. It would me too. And I would be like, you know, Chelly, yeah, you were, I'm not taking away. He was a fantastic defenseman. Yeah. Amazing hockey player. But Brent Seabrook won three cups here. I don't care how many yeah. Norris trophies you won as a Blackhawk. You right. didn't do shit in the playoffs here. Right. You never got it done. This guy got it done. You know, Nick Lidstrom said that Chelios is one of the best defensemen that he's ever played with, and if he was making a starting five, that Chelly would be his partner. See, I thought Nick Lindstrom was at his best with like guys like Brian Rafalski, and um, I forget who his partner was in the 90s, but it might have been Chelios, but I, to me, he's a Red Wing. He'll be a Red Wing forever. He was just not a... That I was so bitter about that trade, man. As, yeah. I was so ticked off. Like I, I knew they weren't going to resign him, and he wanted to go chase a cup and everything. But come on, man, that's the Red Wings, and you made it public. Like I would never play there, and yeah. you accepted the trade, man. It's like that's hypocritical. Yeah. And the kids, like kids like me, I couldn't get over that. Yeah. I was so upset. And my buddy had a Chelios jersey. We'd play hockey across the street every day. He. He, I think he threw it in the garbage. He was so upset. He wow. was like in tears at school the whole day. And I'm like, it's all right, man. We're going to be all right. <laughs> we, we still got jammed off in a body, you know? But, but yeah, it was, it was tough for a lot of people. Yeah. I, um, oh my gosh, I don't even want to get into that. I was, uh, I probably at my, my worst when Ronick was traded. But, you know, for Seabrook's case, he's got, you know, over a thousand games played as number seven, um, three cups. Uh, to be honest with you, man, Duncan Keith wouldn't have the career that he had if it wasn't for Siebes. And he'll say that first. Yeah, Duncan he will. Keith will publicly say that, and he's—I think he said it before. He Siebes was a big part of his, you know, run. Yeah. And I think Siebes will say the same thing about Keith. Like I. I Duncan Keith made me better. I was on the ice a lot with him. I I played the same amount of minutes. I blocked the shots. I did the work, and I covered his ass when he was pinching. You know, that was my job, and he did good. And Seep scored one of the biggest goals in Hawks history. He did the Red Wings. I mean, I was at that game. Oh my god, I was in tears. My favorite jersey was covered in beer because they took away the um, Jarmelson goal before it, and then I'm. And then again, it gets covered yeah. with celebration. Let's see. <laughs> so I, I, I kept that jersey. It reeks like shit. But, I mean, that was my memory of Seep scoring that huge goal on Jimmy Howard in 2013. It was awesome. Yeah. And, hey, he steps up in big games, man. He, he was clutch. Right. So to go through some of these trades, man, just to kind of um, go over like like the NHL, and then I want to end it with uh, your all-time favorite, okay. <laughs> who you think the uh, Mr. Blackhawk or who the best Hardest, Blackhawk is. Heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we already talked about the Leafs. They got better. We talked about the Bruins. Duh, they, they added Orlov and Tyler Bertuzzi. I would probably say, namely, I think Tyler Bertuzzi is a huge addition for that for that team. 
Um, go, why don't you quickly go over the Bruins really quick and then go over yeah. uh, the Leafs? So the Bruins got Orlef, a good Russian defenseman from the Capitals, which is, he's a stay-at-home type of guy. It's very, very smart for them. And obviously Bertuzzi, I watched uh, his game yesterday against the Rangers. And he, you know, he made a nice play, he dumped the puck in. Uh, they chased it and he ended up getting it back behind the net and he centered it to a wide open uh, Charlie Coyle. And that happened to be the game winning goal. So already he's proven he can fit, and that team is stacked as it is. And I think they're going to get Taylor Hall coming back soon, too. So that's the team to beat right now in the East. Uh, and then the Leafs, obviously, we went over it. I And this is my opinion. I think the Leafs did the most. Um, they added the right players, and they sold a lot. I mean, they gave a lot of their future away to... Uh, it's going to be painful for them. It's going to be yeah. just like us now. Eventually, it's going to catch up to them. Yeah. But hey, when you haven't won in a thousand years, you got to go for it. And yeah. they got the they got the guys to do it. This could be the year they get over the out of the first round. I think I'm hoping, but I don't know if they're going to win because the East is just so damn good. And then you know we got Tampa. They're battle tested. The Lightning. One of the weirdest trades to me was the Lightning trade to Nashville. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Generot. The Lightning gave so much for this guy. I couldn't believe it. He, he I, I think he's got, what, 14 goals or something? That, yeah. That's nothing. That's nothing. And, and then you look at the Caner trade. Wow. <laughs> we got a nobody. And, they uh, got two firsts for Tanner, didn't they? I think two firsts. There's so much involved in that trade. It's crazy. It's almost as long as the Kane trade. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tampa's good. They they're proven. They're proven. I mean, they they can they can win again. They really could. But I think this is the year that Toronto is gonna they're gonna make it tougher for them because it looks like as of now they're gonna play each other. Um, I want to go over the West really quick, and namely, I just want to go over the Kings trading Jonathan Quick. Um, he was the reason they've got two cups, to be honest with you. They had some good teams, but he kept them in. Um, they He kept them in it in 2014, that's for sure. And um, he was traded to the Blue Jackets, which I don't know why they would do that right now. You know, a lot of players are really upset in the locker room that he was traded. Not the locker room, the plane. They were on the plane when they found out that Quick was traded. Really? They were on the plane coming back to L.A. And I actually, it's, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was listening to their TV guy, Jim Fox, who's really, really good, really good analyst. And he said that plane was so emotional. It was like all the energy was sucked out of the, the team that, that night on the flight. You know, Quick was so upset. He's hugging everybody. He went even, even went to the media guys giving them hugs and thanking them and everything. And he, they said he was really upset. Yeah. Like he was he, very caught off guard and pissed. And this is, this is different from like the Caner trade. Oh, yeah. You know, this, this guy didn't want to go. This guy wanted to be a lifer, and he should have been a lifer, like you said. Yeah. And without Jonathan Quick, the Kings, uh, I mean, there's no, I guess you could call them a little dynasty. They had two two good no, years. I wouldn't call them a dynasty. Just without him, they're just a, a on-the-bubble wild-card playoff team. You know, maybe they'll make it, they'll get bounced eventually, but he got them over the top, and 
I think the a crazy stat I read about him in 2012, their first cup, but right, I think it was 2012. They lost 15 games, one to nothing. Wow. So I think it was something like that, maybe 10 or 15 games. I I don't have the thing in front of me, but and I'm he had 12 shutouts that year, I think too. Can you imagine if that was the other way around? He'd be one of the he'd have Tony Esposito's record probably of 15 shutouts. And imagine stuff. if he played for the Hawks at that time. <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't have to he wouldn't have to kill himself and break his back like he did. I mean, that poor guy, he can still stretch him out, man. He's a very flexible goalie, very athletic. And yeah, he ended up getting bounced over to um LA, which he's probably a little bit happier about, you know. What do you mean Vegas? Or I'm sorry, Vegas. He's not <laughs> no one I don't know what he would have done in Columbus. I don't even know what the point of that trade was. Maybe just another flip job just to get a pick out of it or something, but still I, I deep down, man, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm hoping the, the Knights sweep the Kings if they meet in the playoffs just so quick and kind of say, oh. Yeah, you guys fucked up and I'm gonna make you pay for it. Yeah. So where do you think, you know, t- talking about trades, where do you think Kaner ranks in, in the, where does he rank in the Blackhawks' heartbreaking trades between, say, Jeremy Roenick to the Yotes, Chelly to the Wings, Belfour to the Sharks, back to Phyllis Mazzito to the Bruins, Amani to the Yotes, Panner and Delta to the Blue Jackets, and lastly, Kane to the Rangers. Where do you think he ranks in that? I, well, me personally, I would put, um, Top two? No. No? No. I'd I'd put him probably near the... Because it was kind of somewhat expected, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, we knew it was coming. So yeah. probably towards, like, the bottom, to be honest with you. Uh, Panner into the Blue Jackets I thought was different because he was going to be asking for a ton of money. And it was a lot at the time that was money that the Blackhawks didn't have. They didn't have to give. So trading him to the blue jackets made sense because we thought that we would be getting a Brandon sod back. That was the Brandon sod that was traded away. And he was still a good player, but he wasn't the player that he was that we traded away. Uh, and and obviously Panarin went out to, you know, he's still the bread man. Uh, he got his $10 million deal. There's no way the Blackhawks could have afforded that. So I kind of, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall for that. So that wasn't really as heartbreaking to me as saying Ronick to the Yotes or, you know, Belfour to the Sharks, Amani to the to the Yotes. You know, those were those were big ones for me. Even Shelly to the to the Wings was was brutal. That was yeah, we Went over that. It was yeah. very heartbreaking. Um, for me, I would probably say the Ronick trade was the most heartbreaking. Yeah. Just because he was in his prime. You know, this guy, I think the last two years of his deal, he put 50, and then he put 51 in the next year. That's 100 goal, 101 goals in two years. That's Ovi-like, right. you know? And um, to let him go over $400,000 more a year, I think he wanted a four-year, I forget, I think it was only like $4 million. And um, I guess the Coyotes were going to pay it. And so they made the trade, and we got Jamnoff back, and we did get some first-round picks, I think. But for me as a kid, that was very tough. And the Belfort trade was very hard for me being a goalie. You know, that was my idol, my hero. I loved him. 
I still uh, do. <laughs> 200 wins, um, plus 200 plus wins. A rookie of the year. I think he won some. Not sure if he won the. He might have won a couple Vesnas. Uh, for him to go was tough, and then seeing him win with Dallas was, you know, it was cool. But I, he, he wanted, he wanted to see him as a Blackhawk. But if if you want to go by numbers, I think the Phyllis Bezito trade was probably one of the dumbest trades in Hawks history. I mean, Bobby Hall, you know, said this this is a guy I want to play with. This guy is I can get him the puck. And he's a power forward. And he was putting up good numbers that year. Um, I think he had four years with the Hawks. He was putting up very good numbers. And he goes to Boston. Blows it up. He's potting 60 goals, 50 goals, 40 goals. And Chicago, he just, you know, it didn't get over the... I don't think he got over 30, but he was very close. And he was still young. Yeah. But, I mean, he made his his money in Boston. And uh, I, I probably would rank the Kane trade a little... It's heartbreaking if you're a kid. Like kind of like us with Ronick and stuff, the kids are probably like, "Oh no, that's my hero. He's gone now." And like it, it's got to be tough on the kids right now. But um, yeah, I would still rank probably the Ronick the the hardest for me. Breadman was a little tough, be- just because that could have been the next wave taken over for Kane and Taves. And I think we could have made it work. I know he was ask going to ask for more money, but don't forget, we signed him for a two year. $12 million deal. So he's making six a year. Bowman had two years to figure it out. You know, he could have moved some some guys around and some guys actually ended up retiring. If you, I mean, we lost Siebes. Uh, Siebes didn't wanted retire. Out. He didn't yeah, retire until like four or five years after that, though. Yeah, and then you got guys like Crawford. We had money to... I think we could have made it work. I mean, I would have made it work just because... It's a generational player, you know, and you got him. You you got him at, for nothing. You signed him as a free agent, you know. So that was tough. But Caner, it's it's going to be up in the top ten. Tough, heartbreaking trades to to watch. But yeah, I still I I would probably go with Ronick being the the number one for me. Just just because of his age, his prime, and what he what he did after it. He just, uh, I would have loved to see him hoist as a Blackhawk. I think it would be so cool if he won a Stanley Cup here. Who do you think is the uh, you know, all-time Blackhawk? The all-time greatest Blackhawk? Yeah. Um, now, hold on. Let me, let me give you, let me help you out a little bit here. This isn't like like a all-time Blackhawk by stats. You know, this isn't like yeah, a yeah. all-time Blackhawk. You know, like who do you think... Um, is the guy who really personified being a Blackhawk? Uh, Patrick Kane. Uh, easy. Three Stanley Cups. Um, you know, drafted by the Hawks. Played his, you know, he, pretty much his whole playing career here until recently. And uh, I would love to see him stay. But right now, Kaner, and I'd probably go... You know, you got to give Makita props. He played so many games here. But I think it comes down to the championships. People remember that. Even the top guys like, you know, Keith, Taves, and Siebes, Hammer, Sharpie. I mean, those guys were here for all three of them. You got to, those guys to me are, you know, the all time, but I'd probably give the edge number one to Kaner. I'm going to go, it, this is a hard one, man. Um, 
For me, it's between Stan Makita and Jonathan Taves. And I'm going to tell you why uh, Kane isn't even in the bubble anymore. is because Taves and Makita um, have never worn another jersey other than a Blackhawk sweater. And, um, you know, Makita, he scored a ton of points. Kind of funny. He was actually a tough guy at the beginning of his career. Then he turned it around. I think he won the Art Ross, the Hart Trophy, and the Lady Bing in the same season. And, um, you know, he captained the team to a uh, Stanley Cup win. And, uh, you know, I I just don't want to forget the history. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. Of, of, he, which makes it really tough for me. But um, I want to mention Stan Mikita, but you know, Jonathan Taves, you know, he never got into any trouble. He got the C at a very young age. He led from the front, he scored big goals, he put up points, played both ends of the ice, and uh, and he's never hasn't worn another uh, another sweater. And um, I think that that's hard to compete. I think Kaner's got the, the, he has the points and um, he's got, you know, more games played, but um, you know, I think Jonathan Taves made it really easy to, to get behind him and um, hasn't really had any, been in the tabloids for, for anything negative too, which means that he was, you know, a, a leader that led his teams to three Stanley cup champions. So, um, that's, yeah, that's I agree. it's yeah. hard, man. It, it's really it hard is. because, you know, you look at Kaner and he's, he's always been a great player, but he's a ranger now, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and, yeah, Taves, I, and Taves to his credit, the reason he's not playing is because his body's turning on him. You know, he can't play and yeah, he was he, having a really good season this year. Um, and, um, it's really, uh, I, I think that kind of adds to it too, that is his playing career somewhat being taken away from him because of his, because of his health. You got to look back at what he did in the playoffs too. He was yeah. asked to do other things. Kane was just pretty much asked to go out there and score. Right. Taves had to do really hard things. And uh, 2015 alone probably took some years off his career. Yeah. You know, that was a tough series. He he played, I mean, he played tough against Ryan Kessler. He played tough against uh, Vancouver. You know, I mean, th- those were... Even the Ducks, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, the Vancouver series, we ran into them like two years in a row. Actually, three years in a row. He played tough, really tough. And yeah. Kaner didn't do that. So you got to respect that. You, it makes you really respect guys like, you know, Patrice Bergeron and yeah. uh, Ryan O'Reilly. They're, they're doing, you know, they're doing the little things that the camera, you know, like the fans won't go crazy about. But right. A li- like a little stick check, you know, like this guy just saved a goal doing that. I mean, right. it's, it's not like a Showtime Patrick Kane backhand, you know, it's not sexy enough, but sure. Just the un, it's just uh, the unheralded things, you know? Yeah. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I just think with the points, probably right now, Kaner is, will go down as one of the best Blackhawks and Taves is right up there with him, right behind him, I think. Yeah. Stan too. I'm, I got loads of respect for guys who wear one sweater. It's it's amazing to me. It's loyalty both ways. I love it. And you know what? Kaner wanted to go. This is what Kaner wanted. So I mean, that's kind of what could Davidson really do? He he just tried to make the guy happy. I wish he sure. just would have done a little bit better for the organization he's running to get a better return. But I mean, he was pretty much handcuffed by it. So I guess he did the best he could. But this is another thing. This makes you really appreciate Alexander Ovechkin. 
Yeah. This guy has all his goals with one team. Yeah. Gretzky was on four different teams. Sure. So I, I got loads of respect for Ovi. This guy's going to do it with one franchise, which is amazing. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. I hope he does it. I, I don't think he's going to, you know, no one's going to catch Gretzky's scoring record, but goals record, I, I, I think it would be, it would be good for the game. And I'm, I'm happy for Ovi. I, tons of respect for guys that wear that sweater their whole career and they ended up, they end up going to the front office or doing something else with the team. That's, it's awesome. The loyalty's great. But it, going back to quick, I mean, the loyalty with him, I, I thought they would have done him better, you know? At least give him, like, hey, Quickie, we got to trade you. We need salary. We need space. Yeah, You're getting older. You're not playing much. But I, I would have said, hey, and maybe after this year, we're, we're not going to resign you. Yeah. I don't think I would have traded him. I think I would have let him finish as a king. I agree. Instead of blindsiding him on the on the plane, which yeah. which yeah. on top of that's got to be embarrassing, you know. Yeah, it, like I said though, now he's he's probably got like a reason to just absolutely go out and be a monster. He yeah. can, he could show this team like you guys messed up big time and I'm going to make you pay for it. And like we've seen stories like this, man. Like this happens. So if I'm the Kings, I'm I'm terrified. If I'm the if I'm the um <laughs> if I'm the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, I'm gonna say, hey, I want you to take whatever you got going on right now, and I want you to save that for the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah, like you hey, know? let's we're gonna use this. Yeah, I'm gonna use this in the I playoffs. Would. I am gonna use this every game. I'm gonna have it messaged above my locker. Or they should put I in like traded. the original, the original trade. It's like this is originally what they wanted to do. This is what they thought yeah. you were worth. <laughs> this is the motivation for us. We are gonna destroy these guys and show them that we're we're better and. It could happen, man. Anything you know what, man? I happen. think a case could be made for uh, Brent Seabrook, too, for uh, Best Blackhawk. Because uh, just a, a blood and guts guy like that. Yep. I think Keith got a lot of the glory. But, you know, Seabs was a big time um, a big time guy. All those guys, those core guys, they they got to be in the, the conversation. Makita, Makita yeah. Taves, Seabs. That's, that's where I'm at. Hammer, uh, even Sharpie. Even, uh, even man, you know, the only only reason for for those guys is that they played on other teams. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like Bobby Hall too was a great Blackhawk. Yeah, but he just ended up wanting a lot of money, and yeah. works is like, yeah, okay, and sent him away. But they were good Hawks. Even even Ronick, Ronick was a good Hawk. He loved the sweater. He loves this. He still loves the city. Yeah, he does. It's I just, was just uh, talking about all time Hawks. Yeah, I think, like you said, if. If they wore the sweater their whole career, they're automatically higher. Yeah, I, I like that. I know C, uh, Keith ended up going to Edmonton for a season, and that was stupid. It but took him out of the took him out of the running. He could have been right hard, there. That was a hard one for me. I don't even I know why him. he had to play. Why couldn't he just retire? You know, just I say, "Hey, know. man, it's over." Well, he wanted his money. He wanted yeah. his, his five million dollars is a lot, and he ended up retiring early and it ended up hurting the Hawks. Yeah. We had to, I mean, it didn't hurt us, but it's not like we were competing, but still sure. we had to pay. So yeah, I think Siebes so far taser. I know he's still out there. He, he's not gone yet. And, um, yeah, Makita, you wish Kaner could have stayed here too. Cause he probably is going to go down as the best American born player. Right. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't, uh, it sucks that he's gone, but I guess you got those three guys that are, were lifer Hawks, and they're, they're they're up there, man, as yeah. top guys. Everybody let us know what you think. Who is the uh, all-time Blackhawk, number one? 
I'd love to hear what you think. Get us on Twitter, message us there, or email us, shytomahawk1 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.